and welcome to The Good, The Bad and The Worst, a podcast where we watch film series and trilogies and decide which film doesn't quite make the cut. Joining me today... Hold on your potatoes, boys, because I'm Dr. Conan Jones. And I'm Luke Morgan, and don't call me Junior. For this episode, we'll be discussing Indiana Jones, which has spanned four, four films so far. Although they've had some mixed critical response, the films have been a huge box office success and had a pretty huge impact on not only movies, but TV and video games as well. Luke, how do you feel about the Indiana Jones films as a whole? Um, so I've been a fan of the Indiana Jones trilogy, well, and all four of them. No, not all four of them, but the trilogy for my whole life. It's a very much a nostalgic series for me. I, gr- I grew up watching these films. Um, I always wondered why, like, I had, you know, like a fear of skeletons and, like, ants and all this sort of stuff. It's the Indiana Jones movies, obviously. Um, my dad is a massive fan of them, and so my whole life I've been, like, quoting lines from this and everything like that. And But it's been a long time since I've watched them, so it was good to go back and watch them. Conan, did you enjoy this rewatch of the Indiana Jones films? Yeah, see, so I'm not a huge fan of the franchise, but um, watching them again, I did sort of have an, have an appreciation for how ingrained they are in history and how they're sort of like a culture film that everyone sort of knows where they were when they saw them. Everyone uses them as like a, a touchstone to reference. Um, and like you're saying, they've just shaped so much. And so I feel like I've seen Indiana Jones in everything for the next 30 years or any sort of adventure title. It is essentially an Indiana Jones-inspired thing. So it's really cool for that. Um, but I don't have that nostalgic connection. I didn't see Raiders until... I saw Last Crusade first, and I used to watch that, rewatch that on VHS. Um, and I think I enjoyed it because I probably had my own daddy issues. But then I didn't see Raiders for years after until I rewatched the whole thing. And it's a great film, but I don't have that same connection to... I don't have that connection to Spielberg and the whole Spielberg generation. Yeah, I can't say I'm the biggest Spielberg fan ever either, but um, I do remember, like Luke, these being one of my dad's favourite films. And my dad's not a big movie watcher, so I was, I was always like, oh, yeah, I love Indiana Jones. But I don't feel like I really have that big of a connection to them. But I really I really did enjoy watching them again. They, were, they are a lot of fun. And yeah. um, as you say, they've just been endlessly parried and homaged ever since then. Yeah, I just feel like half of The Simpsons is Indiana Jones homages, even though it's probably only one episode. <laughs> Feels like it. Yeah, I think that's really important to sort of appreciating this franchise, that idea of generation before us. And so the generation that made this, Lucas and um, Spielberg and that whole, I don't know if they're called the Brat Pack or whatever they are, that sort of generation of filmmakers and then the audiences who saw them and loved them. And they were inspired in turn by, you know, those adventure serials of the generations before. And it's kind of this... Yeah, every generation has this one thing that taps into, it almost like taps into the the love of adventure in the next, and that was the generation there. And then in our generation, we have video games like Uncharted and Tomb Raider, and we have The Simpsons, and we have these things that are inspired by that, and that are tapping into that same just pure sense of adventure that um, Indiana Jones really sort of brought, or like re, reinvigorated, I think, in the in the eighties. Yeah, I just um, I just noticed how many how many of those scenes have just been done over and over again. Like where Indy's swapping the idol with the weight. Like I feel like I've seen that done so many times, or where he grabs his hat just under the door, or the the boulders chasing him down the 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 chasm, or like even the minecart race at the end of the second one. Like there's just so many of those scenes that I feel like I've just seen over and over and over again since. But I yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't make me sick of him. Like it was still really fun here. And I think Indiana Jones is a really cool character. Like, he's he's so cool, but he's so in over his head all the time. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, watching them again, even though I'm, I'm a fan of them and I've, I feel like I know the films well, there are so many things that I sort of didn't realise. Like, oh, this is, you know, probably started here. Like like you said, the boulder thing. It's basically, not only, in, like, inspired Uncharted and Tomb Raider, but I, I was thinking of Crash Bandicoot and, like, Diddy Kong like Donkey Kong and everything in the carts and the mines. It was um, great. My wife has never watched any of these films before, so she this was her first time watching them, and she she really enjoyed them as well. Like, it was – it's just – they're fun. They're just fun films. Not Nothing you have to think about too much or anything like that, but they were just – they're fun fun films for the most part. They are, yeah. They're, they're pure entertainment. And I think – I don't know what you guys think, but do you think this is, like, the most referenced and the most uniquely identifiable – franchise there is because you're right every second thing in like 
John Williams score is just um is synonymous with adventure. Like it's I, just again hearing it again, I'm like, wow, that is. I feel like that is in everything. As soon as any sort of adrenaline kicks in, anyway, all those little images, even the idea of you know navigating this like South American jungle for some bizarre treasure, the poison darts, just even like the the flavor of the like the adventure in the desert, and just kind of that, you know, the white and the beige and the blue glaring sand. All of that I feel is just it, it is referenced in everything, and I don't. Uh, it's nuts how pervasive it is. And the fact that it, like, you know, has that supernatural twist at the end of all of them, like all these artifacts and everything have something supernatural to them. I think that has been adopted by all, like, adventure films and games and everything like that. I know definitely the Uncharted games all had that thing at the end where it's like, okay, now there's a supernatural part and it all comes from Indiana Jones. And like Griner said earlier, the whole grabbing the hat thing from under the door, it's just, it's classic. And those scenes just make me smile when they happen sort of thing. So it's... No, they're great. And I will say, Harrison Ford is great as Indiana Jones. Like, this character is charming, and I would actually put him over Han Solo, which I wouldn't have before. Watching these again, I think he just, he nails this as Indiana Jones. Do you think they're all that terribly different characters? Probably not, but I feel like he puts more effort into Indiana Jones, and I guess it's his film. Like, you know, it's it's him, so I guess you get to see you get to see more of it, maybe. So, I think you're right. Yeah. You can see him working out the. You can see him figuring it out in Star Wars, and then he's refined it down to a to an art in this. Yep. He's also a hunk of a man in these films. Man, <laughs> he's a slab that, of masculinity. In Temple of Doom, I wrote a note in my phone, and I was like, "Man, what a man! What a man! What a mighty good man!" <laughs> what a. <laughs> Luke, Luke's only complaint is there wasn't any more shirtless scenes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, in my quick research, I was reading like there's there's that that classic scene where there's the swordsman swinging his sword around and he just shoots him, and like apparently that was that was Harrison Ford's idea. Like he came up with that because he was he had dysentery or something and didn't want to be out in the desert any longer, so they just shot that real quick instead of a long fight scene. And Which it, is like you're so right. good, it's so classic that scene. I love it. <laughs> it is. It's nearly as classic as Han shooting first, really. Yeah. It's one of those moments of um, yeah, it's just like everybody was in on this idea like we're making something great here and we've got you know we've got lightning in a bottle and everyone's just firing on all cylinders and you just get this product that is it just it works in everywhere raiders especially just it really doesn't put a foot wrong in anything it tries to do which is pretty remarkable i had i had this this joke lined up for a long time because i knew luke was going to talk about uncharted and i wanted to say that it's a shame there hasn't been a good video game based on these (laughs) but um (laughs) you you got in on the uncharted references way too early for me Oh, sorry, you should have known. Wait till they make the movie of Uncharted. Let's see if that <laughs> topples. It's, they're making it. It's called Indiana Jones 5. Which I didn't know they were doing until yesterday. James I Mangold, baby. I know. I was so pumped. I said to Alicia, I was like, James Mangold. <laughs> I'm so excited. Even though they kicked Shia LaBeouf out. But... That's mm. good. Let's I get know, to that. Let's but... get to that a bit later. Let's get to that a yep. bit later. So obviously, I think we all agree this deserves to be a trilogy, at least, or a film series. I guess in this case, absolutely. Like, um, the thing with this formula for the Indiana Jones films, uh, you could do like five, six of these. They're just adventure films, and as long as they're fun, then like you don't take them seriously. It doesn't have to have a middle or an end. It didn't need to be a, like but it definitely deserved more than one film because they can just keep doing this for a long time and have, you know, fun and new things to for indie to experience. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's in it's in its DNA, like, based off those old serials. And so it has that feeling of, like, something you can always tap into and always just go, let's make an Indiana Jones story. Let's write a story in the universe. He lives forever. He just, whenever he wants to, apparently, he can just take a few months off teaching and go and crusade around <laughs> the desert. So it's like, it's just built into it. It's designed to be a series. And so yeah, at a trilogy at its least, but I guess it was in that time where trilogies weren't as common. And so actually having a trilogy for it was probably a big deal at the time. Mm. Yep. Great. Yeah, I really appreciate really appreciated it. Um, did, you, did you guys watch any of the other, like the young Indiana Jones TV series or any of that sort of stuff? No, no I've never seen it either, but I feel like this is like the perfect... Um, formula for that kind of episode of the week monster of the week or exactly yeah treasure of the week i guess it could be whatever they're hunting down 
Um, mm. I, yeah, I, I enjoyed that there wasn't this ongoing mythos that I had to keep up with. It was just, here's an Indiana Jones film, start to finish. It's its own little story. Yeah. Even even his woman's not the same person in, in any of them, except for the, the first and the last one. But Which is strange, but we'll... We'll talk yeah, about that. we might come to that. All right, so here's 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 the big debate: which which film is the worst? Luke, do you want to kick us off? So, um, I came into this fully expecting my answer once I found out we were doing all four of them to be Crystal Skull. Um, it's definitely Temple of Doom. Like, hey, my that, man, that film does not hold up very well at all. I found it entertaining, and I was surprised. Because I do remember Temple of Doom being the worst of the original trilogy. I thought I was going to dislike it way more. I still found it entertaining, but the amount of times throughout that film where I was like, oof, that, that doesn't <laughs> hold up very well. That's that's not great. Um, but I, I, I honestly, even though she is very annoying and very damsel in distressy, I found the female lead in the second, I thought she was actually entertaining in a no. sort of... No, in, a, in like a dumb... In a dumb, laughable, like my wife and I were laughing at the lines she was saying. It's just so cheesy 80s film, but I still found it entertaining. But it is definitely the worst of the trilogy. And I think what really does that, I feel, is it doesn't have like an interesting hook to it. Like it starts and it's just they're straight off out of a plane into a boat. Then they're going into this thing. There's the whole scene of the everyone worshipping Indiana Jones and the blonde woman, which is weird. But Classic then, white like, the artefact, I don't feel like it's got a hook. Like, you know, in the third film, it's like the cup of from The Last Supper. And as soon as they talk about that, I don't know, it stirs something in you, like, oh, wow, this is, like, a really... I don't even remember what the second, like, the film and, like, the artefact in the second film is. So it's... I just don't feel like it has that. It's got a weird setting um, with all the temple and, like, the sacrifices and stuff like that but yeah i definitely think it's gets our wooden spoon it's funny that i think these films really rest on on the MacGuffin that they decide to chase and i think the other three have a pretty strong one i'm not convinced on the fourth movie's MacGuffin, but definitely the second movie's three diamonds or whatever they were that weird thing mm, three yeah. sacred stones yeah i just just didn't do it for me conan how did you which is your uh which is your worst movie I think maybe, Granny, you go because I'm going to be here all day just yelling at you <laughs> at it. So, so I, I wrote all my notes about Crystal Skull being the worst, but I do, I definitely agree that Temple of Doom is really weak too. Like, it's hard to, it isn't hard to pick between them because I think Temple of Doom is actually worst. I do want to say some bad things about Crystal Skull. The animals, <laughs> the animals in that movie really annoy me. Like these CGI animals that act way too much like people or something like you've got the prairie dogs in the desert like what were they even doing yeah they don't even understand why they were there the monkeys weren't cgi were they uh shia labeouf was swinging through the jungle with pretty sure yeah they yeah they were i know i know that scene oh my god that scene is so weird and pointless and crap. And then the ants that eat people, but they like drag them down into their den. That was terrible too. That was pretty gangster. Horrifying though. It, it was horrifying, but it wasn't horrifying in the same way the end of Raiders is. Like it was horrifying in this <laughs> weird way. Um, yeah. And the, oh, I know everyone goes on about it, but the fridge scene, like even if the radiation yeah. didn't kill him, like riding that fridge is going to kill him for sure. It was lined with lead, luckily. Luckily for him. <laughs> no, Does that this... absorb impact, though? <laughs> that seems so unfair. In in Temple of Doom, they fall out of a plane in a freaking <laughs> that boat and they just land on this giant mountain. It's like, cool, they're fine. That would kill them so bad. And so I'm everyone's not... like, no, that scene's fine. But a fridge is impossible. No, he does the exact same stunt already. Everything in these films would kill them, like, 100%. Oh, I actually think the other ones are reasonably grounded, but you're right. Like, I, it's not, not outside of Indiana Jones's character. I'll give you that. That's fine. I actually quite enjoyed Shia LaBeouf, though. I think he was fine. I actually think he didn't wasn't given enough to do to be interesting. Like, he, I think he was a decent foil for Indy, um, but they just gave him weird scenes like swinging with the monkeys that just didn't really do anything for me. I remember disliking him, and I really didn't mind him this time watching it back. There was obviously the monkey scene swinging, which just, it's not his fault. But 
I honestly didn't mind him as a character. It's it's indicative of that weird time where he was just like he was the poster boy. He was like the new hot up and coming actor. And so he doesn't really I felt like even though I didn't mind his performance, he doesn't really fit the film. Whereas then you look at ten years later, there's a lot more of concern of just finding someone who really isn't as known, doesn't have as much star power, but but fits better. Um, so I was just thinking of Harrison Ford and how in the in Solo they got whoever the guy was to play young Solo, and he looks a, like he has a look about him, and it's like that could be a young Han Solo. And um, there was something else. Oh, even the new Elvis biopic coming up, they've got that that dude who again not a huge actor. But he really does have a look and feel about him. Whereas Shia LaBeouf, I feel like it was still it was sort of on the end of Hollywood's just like, this is the, the hottest property right now, so we've got to include them whether or not they fit. I think mm. it was Spielberg's hottest property. All these films were like Spielberg, like Transformers, Disturbia, all of that was Yeah, it's true actually. Disturbia's a good film. Don't don't hate on Disturbia. That is a good I, film. I liked hey. it. I liked it, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Spielberg has a bit of a history of that, doesn't he? Isn't, isn't that the whole reason? The, I don't know what her, the actress's name is, but the blonde lady is like Spielberg's wife after that movie in, in Temple of Doom. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So I, I don't know. There's a lot of people hypothesizing about how she got that role. But anyway, um, <laughs> the other thing I just wanted to say about Crystal Skull is that when you try to make a follow-up to a movie so much later about a movie that has been homaged and parodied to death, the movie itself when it's trying to play back on its roots kind of feels a bit like a homage and a, and a parody in kind of a negative way. When it, like there's yeah. not, it does, just doesn't feel very genuine that final film. In yeah, a lot of ways. You're right. And that's, that's also got that weird. I mean, it's part of Hollywood's thing now of recycling old entities and like washed up actors. Like you see with Arnold Schwarzenegger's spate of action films and Sylvester Stallone. And there's in all those films, there's this constant joke that it's like, ha ha, we're old, but we're still doing these things. And that joke has never been funny, but every film mm. that does it feels the need to remind the audience that, hey, these guys are old now. And this film had, does that a lot. Um, like Crystal Skull has a lot of moments where it's like, we get it, Harrison Ford is not a young man anymore. And you're right, it does sort of walk that line between parody and a genuine Jones film a lot, um, much to its detriment, but it still feels like it's still a lot of fun to watch. Like, I really enjoyed <laughs> Crystal Skull. I I enjoyed it more than I remembered enjoying it. How did you guys feel about Aliens being the, the MacGuffin? I liked it. I, I liked it. I feel like there's not, I don't know, after such a long time and then coming back to it and doing another one, I feel like Aliens really does set it apart from the rest of them. And I don't know if it's just the sci-fi fan in me, but like, I don't know, alien, like an alien skull and all this sort of stuff made it super interesting to me. And Area 51, like it just... It was something different, and I think, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was... I think it's really... It works really well with the historical grounding of the film. So, obviously, the first... Well, the first and the third are dealing with the Nazis and their their hunt for the occult. Speaking of, was this, like, the first film that started the Nazi occult obsession that kind of became so commonplace? I wonder. I don't, I don't know, but I hadn't... I don't know of anything before that, but... Yeah, because it well, I mean, again like these films are '80s films, aren't they? Yeah, '81, I think. So, Raiders. Yeah, I don't think there would have been much before then. And so that yeah, that's one of those things that again is so sort of as soon as everyone sort of has that that knowledge that the Nazis were also weird occult obsessives, and I think that sort of came from this. But um, I digress. Uh, so the first and third sort of deal with that whole yeah America during the Nazis and sort of this idea of you know good, solid Christian American idealism versus evil. And so having the Ark and the Grail as like these Christian relics kind of fits. Then moving into like the 50s with Soviet, uh, like with communists and the Cold War and sort of the rise of like alien fear. Like it was really cool how they include the um, the Roswell crash in 47, how Harrison, uh, Indiana was part of the, the cleanup crew. And so it's like, okay, it actually fits really well in its historical grounding that aliens is that rather than just the then recycling the same old sort of mythos yeah i'm glad they didn't go back to the old well of a christian relic or something like that but i i don't know if i love the aliens so much that i don't know that scene where he's hypnotized by the the skull doesn't do it for me i i think Wait, indiana, jones indiana is a, or 
Indiana when he's gets tied the other up in guy. the chair and he's staring he's tied up the in the eyes. chair and he stares into the eyes. Yeah, I just feel like Indiana Jones is at its best when the magic is like some reveal at the end. Like it's not something that plays really much of a part throughout the story. It's just this. There's this light touch of it at the end that that shows there's something more going on. I think that's. I think the second one really lacks that. The second one's kind of weird that way. And then this Crystal Skull's not too bad about it, but definitely the, the odd scene here and there. It's a bit strange. While we're talking about um, Temple of Doom, obviously being the worst one, um, yep. how does it have 84% on Rotten Tomatoes? Because Rotten Tomatoes doesn't mean anything. Oh, I was so surprised. I thought this movie was going to have a very low critical score. I'm not sure how it did at the box office, but I was very surprised that it wasn't that far behind the rest of the other two films because I feel like it's very different than the other two films. But even like Roger Ebert, he loved the first one and then he gave this 100 as well. Like he loved both of them and he's, he puts this pretty much on par and says it's just more of the same. And it's like, I wonder how much of that is just, you know, seeing that in the cinema at that time being like, it's a sequel you love it in the moment. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, it's more of what I love. And how much, you know, five years later, was he still thinking that or was he, was he deeply regretting his, uh, his words? It would be now. <laughs> I feel like Raiders is Raiders is kind of uh it's it's a lot it's a lot slighter of a film than I remember. Like it's shorter and I don't know, I feel like I remember there being a lot more grave robbing and stuff. There wasn't so much tomb raiding. Um and I, f- I feel like Temple of Doom does an okay job at being a bigger Indiana Jones film. I just feel like it really falls down, especially from a modern viewpoint on on its its content, but also like her screaming constantly just drove me insane. Couldn't stand that. She's the I like the picture perfect of a damsel in distress. Like it's Seriously? so yeah. That whole bedroom scene. Like, oh lord. It was great at the start, and then I was like, man, this is weird. And then just she fully goes into it. She's she's not shy at all. But yeah, this is the thing. That whole film personifies all the worst elements of the 80s and like American film in that time. So it's got all the characters are stereotypes. They're all cutouts. They've literally replaced everything good about the first film and just done like his, his love interest. There's nothing redeemable about her at all. She's the stupidest person. She just screams. She's, she's useless. She's nothing but a foil to Indy. Whereas Marianne for the first one is con- like, she's, she's a strong character. She's good. She's, she helps him. It's just, they really You've they got short complete. round as well, and short, oh, freaking <laughs> short <laughs> round, man. <laughs> I like literally... short round. No, he so is I, a... but I have a nostalgic thing like of remembering short round. But he's like, see, this is where this the, the, this battle comes from. People who say Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is the worst is because they have this nostalgia for the originals and they are expecting the fourth one to be the next to be Raiders again, but it was never going to be. Like you're saying, Grona, it was. It's been done. The, the franchise is tired and it was never going to be a franchise film and be fresh and original. And so everyone's like, oh, it was a disappointment. It's like, no, you're expecting too much. But Temple of Doom is so bad. But just because it was part of the, the original franchise, people have these rose-colored glasses to view it through. There's a, there's, there's a lot of good in Temple of Doom, though. Like, like Grana said, there's the, two words the whole mine, like, like in, in the mine and going in the cart and everything like that, that's a great scene. I do. I like the boat coming out of the plane. It's ridiculous, but it's it's hilarious. Um, it's yeah. It does have good set pieces in that film. It really does. But the only good part of it is when they goes Kalima, <laughs> Kalima, and the bridge scene. I love the bridge scene where he like chops the rope. That's, that's bridge great. is fine. Yeah, the bridge is the bridge is cool. Uh, it, I was that was another thing. I was like, oh, is this this the first movie to do that? Apparently, it's not. But oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's been done before. So, Conan, clearly, this is you agree that Temple of Doom is the worst in the trilogy. Do you have anything more you want to go in on it? You said you could go for hours. I could. I could take that and film apart. I just have some. Um, just looking at my notes here. I think it's really, it's very tonally confused. So, obviously, the story behind it is that Lucas and Spielberg were both divorcing or, you know, suffering from the fallout of a divorce or something. And so that, that is part of the reason why it had more of a darker subject matter that sort of inspired them. But they also apparently decided to make it a comedy. And so rather than being a black comedy, it's kind of, it feels like two different versions of the film where one is just full of just bad gags and racist stereotypes. And then the other is full of like dudes taking out people's beating hearts and setting them on fire. <laughs> like it's the, it's the strangest thing with that. This, oh, 
hardcore graphic stuff is happening, and then there's just like short round making dumb jokes. It just feels so weird. There's there's way too many of those gross out scenes too, like where they cut open the snake and there's more snakes inside. <laughs> that, that, whole dinner scene, that whole dinner scene is just that. Like that's that's do gross stuff now. And some of the deaths in this movie, like in Temple of Doom, are horrific. Um, the the two the two last notes that I'll say on Temple of Doom is, I feel like I felt like Indiana Jones in this one was a different person. Like I don't feel like he was Indiana Jones like in the first one. And I, in um, the Last Crusade, I feel like he goes back to that sort of trying to figure stuff out, more archaeologist. In this one, he really seemed like he was like a suave James Bond. Like he was really. I don't know. It just seemed very much different. Even starting the scene, like the tuxedo and the whole dancing, like, you know, across the table, it didn't seem very Indiana Jones-esque. It seemed way more James Bond-esque. Um, and then the other note is just, I can't believe he just punched that waitress at the start of the movie. <laughs> just, <laughs> that part's just, great. He just smashed in the face. So I was like, oh, Jesus, Indy. But, yeah. Especially his interactions with um with with the female lead, like, were very James Bond. I definitely got those vibes as well. Like it all felt, I don't know how inspired they were by it, but yeah, it didn't feel like an Indiana Jones movie. Like even that opening scene, he's selling a relic. Like doesn't all this stuff belong in a museum? Like it just doesn't exactly. really fit his character very well. Yeah. So I found a quote where when um, George Lucas first brought the script to Spielberg, because they got so excited and they worked on it together and sort of, you know, redrafted and whatnot. But that, that exact thing, he was like, this feels like James Bond without the machines. So I think they had that in mind in a way. But then Temple of Doom is written by two other people. So it's written by um, Gloria Katz, I think, and Willard Hayek. And so they're like frequent Lucas collaborators. Whereas Raiders is written by Lawrence Kasdan, obviously, you know, one of the great writers wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back. And so I think what you have is these people trying to replicate a formula they don't understand. They don't really know what Indiana is. They're just like... they. They're trying to gauge with the material and they're thinking, oh, I guess this is what an Indiana Jones film is and I guess this is what we should do. But it, they don't know the DNA of it. And I think that's why you get these weird like tonal confusions and like incorrect character portrayals because it's people who don't know the, what they're doing. So is that who you think is to blame, the writers? That's exactly right. I've, like, I've, thinking about it, that they seem like the main culprits where they just they were writing fan fiction of Indiana Jones and... I blame Lucas's nepotism and just assuming that, hey, we, we wrote films before, they'll be good. And I don't know why Lawrence Kasdan didn't come back. Um, and it was written by Philip Kaufman as well, who wrote the, one of the best Clint Eastwood westerns he ever made. So the first one had really good writing, sort of a writing team behind it and people who were really invested. I think number two is cashing in on that more than really trying to do something special. Luke, do you, do you have anyone else to blame for how poorly this movie turned out? No, I would agree. Like, the writing, it's def- it definitely is a weak point after the first one, and then glaringly obvious going into the third one as well. Because, um, and I, yeah, like it's very different than the other two films in the trilogy. It feels different, indie feels different, and I think that all comes down to the writing more than anything. So, shame you don't on them. You don't think the screaming is to blame though? <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of screaming on the, that elephant, and she. <laughs> Kept a perfume on it and everything. Oh, but how did she? Did she think she ripped the trunk off and threw it when she threw the snake? Or yeah, she just probably she ripped it off. She's not not very bright, but yeah, no, very damsel in distress. <laughs> I just no, I just couldn't get over how much screaming there was. Yeah, I was watching it with my wife, and she the whole, she just got so annoyed with it. She walked out halfway through. She was like, <laughs> she was like I just can't stand it. <laughs> See, yeah. this is my wife's favorite movie or favorite of the trilogy. But then the whole time she's like, "This is disgusting." Every time there's a gross out scene, which there was many, and she is so annoying every time she screams. So I don't really know why she thinks it's her yeah. favorite. I'm sure What's it's nostalgia. Reason? I'm sure it's nostalgia. She couldn't come up with a better reason than that. I don't think. <laughs> so was there anyone in this film that you felt stood above the the poor writing? Anyone that deserved better? Luke, got any suggestions? Um. Like like I said, the writing I feel like made, um, you know, Indiana Jones a different person, but I still think Harrison Ford pulls it off in this film. Like, Har- I don't know. These films made me really enjoy, like, Harrison Ford. Like, he's got a reputation of phoning it in in recent years, obviously. 
you know, he's old, he's an old curmudgeon and everything. But um, I don't know, he's very much a leading man in these movies. And I think even in Temple of Doom, like, he's great as the lead. You know, he's charismatic and he's like, man, women love him. Men want to be him. A whole tribe worships him. A whole tribe worships him, which there's nothing weird about that scene. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. No one in particular. I would honestly say, even though it's not about Temple of Doom, who deserves better, but I don't understand why um, Ravenwood didn't come back in the second film. I think she deserves better because she was good in the first one, and I was I sort of forgot that she didn't come back in the second one. So then when she didn't, it was just, like, you know, replaced. I was like, ah. Yeah, I would assume there was some sort of behind-the-scenes reason. But I guess it's explained in the story, because this is a prequel, right, which I completely forgot about. So this is set in is 35. It? Yeah, this is set in 1935. The Raiders is set in 1936. I didn't even so, realise that. So. Yeah, I um, I forgot at first, but then I, I saw that come up and I was really shocked. But So I'm guessing Marianne was still in Nepal, being just a hard-drinking... Yeah, I mean, that makes sense story-wise, but I'm not sure that it needed to be a prequel. Yeah, you're right. And, yeah, I'm just not sure. I feel like the only reason they did it was because, you know, he's like, uh, what's the phrase, like a, in every port or whatever? Like, a, is it, you know, that he's a womanizer. But oh, I don't yeah. Think that, yeah. Wherever, wherever he hangs his hat, that's his home. Yeah. <laughs> Grana, do you think there's a... Someone who should have had a big go? Eh, I don't know. I think short round. Yeah, short round was <laughs> his all career right. was. Um... Really. Did he have a career? I don't even know. He was in the Goonies. That's all I could see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think. Yeah, I, like as you said, I think um, Harrison Ford has been is good in all these movies, but it is a, it's not the same. It's not the same Indiana. He's not as quite as cool or quite as suave. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even get as many opportunities to interact with. With people, like he's he's just interacting with this small group throughout this movie. It kind of kind of rough. Mm. Yeah, it's not it's not really a vehicle for for many actors. Like outside of it is literally the Harrison Ford show, and so no one really in, has a moment or has any material to tap into. It's kind of like I want to say Lucas deserves better. So I think he's actually a pretty good director when he and good writer when he wants to be. But he didn't direct. I liked though. I liked John Reese Davies in the first one. I don't like his character. Oh yeah, I think in the other ones there's something. I mean, in Temple of Doom, there's there's not. No, 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 not in Temple of Doom, no. Okay, so is there a quick fix? How do we how do we make this film enjoyable? Don't be racist. D- don't you have to redo the whole movie though? <laughs> Except <laughs> Nazis. Except Nazis. Nazis Everyone aren't a race. Nazis. No, but as in, so I think the fix to this is what they did in number three. They went back to the original. Like it's very much. Like, you know, he starts off at school, person knocks on his door. This time there's no person writing love you on their eyelids or anything like that. But oh, how, you know, how great is that scene? It's mostly the same sort of scene and gets him back into it. It's against the Nazis as well. And honestly, the, the like the best um, jump start they gave to this franchise was putting Sean Connery in because he was amazing in number three. So I think they fixed all their problems with number two by not having memorable, memorable characters or anything like that. In number three, so I think just stick with yeah, stick with what they did in the first one, like they did in number three. Yeah, it is funny how number three feels like almost a carbon copy in a lot of ways. Like, all right, we've got to really go back to what made this great in the first place. <laughs> so it's just like beat for beat in so many in so many ways. I um, I like the fact that they went to explore something different than just Christian mythology. They did sort of go into like this sort of far Asian mythos because after a, and it's the same reason with number four. Number four, I liked that they didn't just do the Christian thing again. They changed it and went to South America. Like they could have done well. It's just, it's indicative of like, I think just that, you know, that 20th century American sort of exceptionalist mentality. They're like, we like the mythology, but they're stories of savages. So let's explore that. And there's a very, it's very unnuanced, just not even a correct reading of the history or the culture. I think if they'd done that a lot, you know, faithfully, um, it, it could have been a really good film. Could have been a lot more interesting. I felt like there was too much magic as well. Like there was too many, like where Indy's hypnotized or whatever they do to him. I don't even understand taking over voodoo dolls and, and all this sort of stuff. Blood and the voodoo yeah, dolls, right. yeah. Like and all that. Dude just... gets his heart ripped out and he's still breathing, and then and yeah. 
She totally would have melted. She totally would have melted with how long she was down there and kept going back <laughs> up and down. She would have been nothing. Do those people just keep getting their hearts like regenerating after it's pulled out? Are they just like a heart transplant dream? Because that could just that could yes. save like those people would be worth billions, right? Big farmers got to tap into that. <laughs> okay. All right. So enough about the bad movie. Which which film wins, Conan? I'm gonna make a case. It's the Last Crusade. Why? And Where's here's the case? why. Because I had a I had a copy of it on VHS and it was really fun to watch. And like I say, Luke, Sean Connery is he brings a really good um you know, it's like any any tied franchise, they just bring in like a sidekick. Or they bring in this new sort of like other character to bounce off the first one and it always does so well. I think it really um I think he shines I think their dynamic's really good. I think it's it takes it in a it, like I say, it doubles down on all that works from the first one. Like we we get more of Indiana Jones as sort of what makes him him. So we get more of a look at him as a character than just sort of a an idea or like a a caricature. We the, the Nazis are even more evil. We see Hitler himself. They're burning books. So like the stakes are even higher. He does higher, sign his book though. He does, and so we can always thank Hitler for that, I suppose. That scene like is a misstep, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I like it. It cracks me up. It's kind of funny. The stakes, are, I think, are probably even higher because obviously you've got the idea of immortality. So it's like the Nazis being immortal. That's super, super frightening. I think it, it, it takes all the ingredients of the first one and it really does improve on so much of it. Um, and the first one is probably a, an objectively superior film. But I think the third one just does so. I, I don't know. I've got a really soft spot for it. Honestly, it's it's Crystal Skull, right? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, is there an argument to be made? Like, as far as I'm concerned, The Last Crusade is easily the best one of the. Oh my the whole man! Series. And I've always been of that opinion that it's like I I thought it was even way like superior than um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which obviously is great still, but. I just enjoy The Last Crusade so much. Um, I love the creation of who Indiana is um, when he's young, like young Indiana, like doing that and the hat and everything like that. Um, that scene is his so dynamic. Good. His dynamic with Sean Connery is amazing. I really wish we'd gotten more of it because their whole dynamic together and Sean Connery, he's he's amazing in this film. Like he's hilarious. Like the writing is great. There's so many classic um, scenes. Just like. Indiana, you know, just murdering dozens of people and just, like, his face, like, man, you're a monster. And, like, he shoots the back of the plane off and he's just like, oh, oh that's bad great. news. They got us, son. It's, it's <laughs> great. It, it's it's so funny. Um, Just so many of his lines. I think Sean Connery really helps make this movie um, the best in the trilogy. Also, I find, like, the artifact itself and, like, the whole ending sequence is the best of the series. It's way more interesting. The whole passage to get through there, the leap of faith, everything is like, it's way more captivating and thrilling than like the first one. And still, I remember like the whole scene of choosing the correct cup, you know, way more than obviously the first one's disturbing with the dude's face melting off, but they're just opening the thing. It's not this like big thing of choosing the right cup and all that. I feel like it's definitely the best of the series in my opinion. I'll I'll go to bat for Raiders. I uh, I <laughs> I I do like Last Crusade a lot, and I it probably is my favourite of the three. Um, but Raiders is very very good. There's so many classic scenes, like we've already talked about, like swapping the idol out at the start. Like that opening scene is just such a great way to set up a character and set up what Indiana Jones is about and how clever he is and how good he is at thinking on his feet and how he always seems to get betrayed at every single turn <laughs> and then how there's so many good set pieces in raiders as well like i really enjoy that there's that there's that fight that they have around the plane that's trying to take off and it's spinning around in circles and indy's facing off against this guy that's way bigger than him and he shouldn't really have a chance against but he manages to take him down and he's still trying to save the girl at the same time like he's just spinning plates constantly which is the indiana jones way he's always in over his head he's always constantly trying to tend to put out all these little fires um but he always seems to pull through um and i just i think that that seems really good but I wish the first one had more tomb raiding. I really, really love the tomb raiding in the third one, like where he's um, 
looking at his dad's notes and he figures out there's a hole, there's something under the floor and he's smashing up this floor in this ancient library. And oh, the, I don't, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I don't know how he's getting away with that, but go for it. And like you said, at the end when he's stamping, <laughs> yeah, as he's stamping the book. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of fun scenes, a lot of fun scenes like that. National Treasure, that's right. National Treasure is just Indiana Jones. I definitely think um, Raiders of the Lost Ark is a very close second, if not like the best. But I think Sean Connery is what pushes it over for me because um, I just think his dynamic is great. Um, one other thing I just want to mention about um, The Last Crusade, I don't know why, I just thought it was hilarious how much of a genius moment he was like when he found the X on the ground. When he like he was like it was like a big revelation. He was like, ah, X marks the spot, and it's just this giant X on the floor. Well, well after that, he literally said, yeah, X never marks the spot. He's a shitty teacher. True. Yeah, but the first movie does have that great scene where she says she has "I love you" on her eyelids. That's just <laughs> hilarious. That's a court case, is what that is. That's true. That's true. I don't think any of uh, well, I don't think he did anything wrong. But there's a lot of no. I mean, young, if a teacher is on his eyelids, he's going to jail. He's in a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of young girls very interested in Indiana Jones. I did write that in my notes. I was like, not enough people like express their love for people through their eyelids, like writing on their eyelids. That didn't become a thing. It should have really should have taken off. Yeah. I just want to defend the final scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark too. Like that scene scarred me as a child. Like that was terrifying where they all melt. And you say he didn't have to do anything, but they had to not look. They had to not look. They couldn't look. There was a trick there. He had to figure out. It is horrifying. And it's burned in my memory. Points to it for being the first one. Like again, yeah, Last Crusade just sort of does the same thing, slightly tweaked. It's, that scene. Every time I watch Raiders, especially, I'm I forget how violent and how scary these films actually are. <laughs> like that airplane scene, you're saying, where he's fighting that guy, he gets minced up in a like propeller. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> that's hardcore. It's like people get shot and stabbed, and there's blood, and like it's PG, but it is like it's pretty tough. Are they PG? No way. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah no, I think, I mean, oh maybe God, it's in, in Australia. It's PG-13 in America. But again, that means 13-year-olds are seeing it safely. Throughout all of these films, like, my wife and I were blown away about how violent and, like, messed up some of the imagery is in this. We're like, man, this is like a horror film at some points. Indiana Jones has a has a hell of a tally, tally of a body count. Like, there is there is a big body count next to his name. Well, which is why I'm excited for excited for a James Mangold Logan esque Indiana Jones with PTSD. <laughs> it's, Man. it's like I was saying exactly. He's just perfect. He's like, Are the treasures worth all the men screaming in his dreams? <laughs> he's watched a um, lot of people melt off their skeletons. It's, <laughs> it's traumatizing. It's just one of those things. Those films of the '80s, where even kids' films, they were a lot more scary and like. I feel like I was trying to think of some examples and I couldn't really, but I feel like there was a whole wave of films that were like, they scarred kids and this generation sort of grew up and was like, these films, we all watched as kids, but they were horrifying and we shouldn't have watched them as kids. And that just doesn't happen anymore. I feel like everyone sort of coined on and said, maybe it's not suitable. But I feel like there was like, it runs that thing off. It's horror and it's violent, but it's a family friendly film. And it's like, you don't get things anymore that are those, that's that, that's weird trifecta. And I like I love seeing that where it's like it's lighthearted and fun, but a dude gets turned into mincemeat. That's great. It's a, it's a strange thing looking back at the eighties and thinking of the the movies that I watched when I was a kid and how horrifying a lot of them are. And then if you <laughs> if you compare them to like a Marvel movie today, like there's just there's no comparison unless you're talking about Deadpool, but we're not because it's yeah. in a whole different category of its own. But even then, I don't think Deadpool's as bad as Indiana Jones. <laughs> no, I think you're, I think you're misremembering Deadpool, but maybe. <laughs> I think the I think the biggest thing I rem- remembered watching Raiders as well, as what, and probably the reason why you could say it's it's like it probably is the best film. It's the superior film, but um, outside of my nostalgia and soft spot for Last Crusade, but it's every frame of Raiders. It's his Lucas did it as well in um the original Star Wars, every scene has this great sort of momentum where you, there's a clear goal, there's a clear purpose of what 
Indiana and all the characters are trying to do. And it just it runs nonstop and there's never a dull moment. Even the very slight pauses where there's some character development, it still feel you can feel the momentum. It's like, okay, well, they're doing, they're waiting. Like Indiana's going to sleep. So next morning he can continue the adventure. It's just got this phenomenal sort of narrative drive. And it really creates that sense of an adventure where it's like, I'm just along for two hours of nonstop fun. And the other films don't do it nearly as well. There's a lot more sort of slower, reflective moments, which are ultimately probably to their detriment. But yeah, Raiders is just, it's really, really good filmmaking. It just There's never a boring moment. There's never a wasted scene. Everything is feeding into something, is feeding into the next, and you can you never confuse. You always know exactly what purpose they're doing, what's going on. It's really cool. It just keeps you engra- um, engrossed from the first minute to the last. It's a, it's a shorter movie than I remember, but so much happens, and it, yeah, it's a very very tight film. Mm. But um, yeah, I think we can give it to to um, it's close. You reckon it's close? Why can't I think of the name of the movie? Last, last Crusade. Crusade. <laughs> I keep last having Crusade. it with Raiders of the Lost Ark. I keep yeah. It name, but I, my votes for Last Crusade, simply for yeah. Sean Connery, is what pushes it over for me. Yeah, and Sean Connery is, is very good in there. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> He's dry. Timely. It's ti- it was timely watching Crystal Skull, where he refers to him, like, you know, that his dad's passed away. Yeah, I made a note about that. I, like, my heartstrings tugged a little bit. I was like, oh. Yeah. I know. I was like, it's very timely. So, yeah, no, rest in peace. It's like they knew he would die one day, which is strange. <laughs> so uh, you guys are excited for a, for a fourth film? A fifth film, sorry? I wasn't I until I saw it was directed by James Mangold. I'm very, very excited for number yeah, five. Yeah, I'm the same. And after so watching, you... even after watching four, I mean, I'm pumped again. I'm like, I'm in the mood for another one. So what are your expectations then? I think it'll be a much more grittier dark story than the others but still have the action adventure thing but i don't think it'll be as um popcorn flick as the other ones were i think it'll surprise a lot of people james mangold's great and i feel like oh what i want i want it to be a logan indiana jones story (laughs) (laughs) old man logan it would be amazing so it'll be interesting to see how they handle shia labeouf and everything like that Apparently, Brad Pitt's casted in this one, so... Really? Yeah, right. I, I, there is definitely some parallels there with Logan, but I, do you really think they're going to change the formula up that much? Probably not, but that's my wish. So I don't know what to expect. Maybe another Crystal Skull, but as long as he doesn't get in another fridge. <laughs> Stop hating on the fridge. It's not a big deal. A comet will hit the Earth and he'll jump in a fridge, get blown to outer space. And that's that's where the last one will take place. He'll just get in a boat and just fall off, you know, <laughs> off the, the side of the, the unit. off the off the edge of the planet. <laughs> exactly. Just because <laughs> James Mangold, <laughs> even though I think Luke, you and I especially, but I think you grown as well, we all love him the most for Logan. But he's like he's not just a a gritty one hit wonder. Like he's done. He did walk the line, obviously, which is it's a you know true to life hard story. But he also did Night and Day, which is pure popcorn flick. So he's got those. He's got that ability. He's not just like a dark, gritty director. So I think he could easily do the same, like capture the feel of of this. He he won't need to change it. Or and you're right. I don't think Disney's going to let him. You know, they're not going to be like, all right, write a dark character drama now, exploring the nature of man. But I think he's. I just don't like Spielberg. I don't think he's a great director. Um, <laughs> I think he's overrated at least. That's a hold up. That's a big call. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, no, I don't. Right, you, take you, cannot like, you cannot like him, that's fine. But to say he's not a good director, I think, is a little bit excessive. Yeah, okay, maybe that's a tall claim. But I think he's overrated. And I think I think Mangold's really good, and that's cool. So it'll be good to see it handed off to somebody else. Because, like, you're right, Crystal Skull, even though it was a good film, proved that in, it is just more of the same is not going to keep working. So I think with somebody like Mangold, there is actually a chance for a, a good sequel that's different enough, but captures the spirit of it still that's the thing they can't do another like they can't do it again because in this day and age there's that many films that have like you guys said earlier parried it and paid like homage to it that it's just it wouldn't offer anything new if it does more of the same so i feel like something new and interesting could work and there's not much physical stuff that 
Harrison Ford can do anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. We all saw him get stabbed in Star Wars. Um, spoilers. Spoilers. I, they already did that too. Like number four was going back and re-referencing all the things they've done before. They, they definitely won't do that again. So, I, yeah, I hope they do something something interesting with it. But I'm keen to keen to see where they go with it. Do you think Indy lives past Harrison Ford? Eventually. Harrison Ford said he doesn't want that at all. He's like, he wants Indiana, like he is Indiana Jones. He wants him to sort of die with him, which I hope so. I, I don't like the re the constant re-churning of character entities. Like we can just have new characters. We don't need to have the same character perpetuated. Get taken over by the Uncharted series instead, eh? Like, exactly. That's the answer, right? That's Indiana Jones for our generation. Will be Tom Holland. Exactly. Like that makes more sense than just being like, here's a new Indiana Jones. Because at some point you, it ceases. I don't know how to say it. It's, it shouldn't happen. At some point, Hollywood's got to stop remaking every damn film. But it won't. It's a cash cow. They will make another uh-huh. a young indie film one day. Nothing's stopping that train. Bring back Brendan Fraser and, and The Mummy. Make him the new indie. Oh, he, is, he was born to play that role. <laughs> All right. Does anyone have any closing thoughts on, on Indiana Jones? Um, no. Um, my final thoughts are just... Yeah, I I really enjoyed watching these again. Um, it's been probably more than ten years. I feel like the last time I watched any of them was when I watched Crystal Skull in the cinemas. Um, I did enjoy that one more than what I remembered enjoying it. Um, and watching the old ones again, just yeah, they're classics for a reason, and I very much enjoyed them. And that classic swashbuckling adventure film it made me feel warm and fuzzy. Anyway, just just a joy to watch. And with in regards to Temple of Doom, not many films have made me really be like, man, this film is not p- politically correct. But Temple of Doom <laughs> definitely accomplished it every 10 minutes. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It definitely leaves a lot to be desired. Oh, through a more modern lens, anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I will say that by the end of the fourth one, I was definitely like sort of suffering from like, fatigue of Indiana Jones. Like, I really don't want to watch it anymore. So I'm glad that it's like a few year wait. Until the next one, because it's not something that I could just watch back to back to back. Like, it daunts me. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we have to say about Indiana Jones. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Worst. Find us on socials at Good, Bad, Worst Podcast. Our next podcast will be about the first three Die Hard movies. We'll catch you next time. Yippee-ki-yay. Peace. Peace.